some of you are saying, man, you got all these things up here. These things have nothing to do with tonight. If you've been here on Sunday mornings, we've been talking about the parable of the sower in Mark 4. And so there were the first ones, the, the, the wayside, the stony ground. This Sunday will be the thorns, and then the last Sunday will be on the, the 30, the 60, the 100 fold return. So I welcome all of you out to that. We like people around here. God is doing great things. And so like I said, we're going to talk tonight about baptism, water baptism. If you've got your Bible, flip on over to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. You know, there's been really excitement with people here. This whole week we've had different ones. Um, Anthony and, and Veronica Gomez, there's their son Isaiah. I don't know how old Isaiah is. But every morning he was asking, how many more days till I get baptized? How many more days till I get baptized? And so he walked into the church just a minute ago and he said to me, he said, Pastor Stormy, guess what? I get to get baptized tonight. And so I love the excitement on that. That's good. That's good. Well, once again, it's going to be significant for all of them that get water baptized. But I'm going to give you some, some biblical principles regarding water baptism. John chapter 3 is where we're going to begin. Verse number 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees of the law named Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher and you've come from God. But no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Unless God is with him. Verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again. Now the Greek word right there for the word born again is translated literally from above. And so really when he says that one is born again, he's saying that one must be born from above. Okay? Keep reading. He cannot or he cannot see the kingdom of God, what he's talking about. And so when you begin to, be, begin to read this, you'll find out that to be born again, which is salvation, this is giving my heart to Jesus, guys. This is the starting point for every one of us. I must give my heart to Jesus and be born again. Where's that found in the Bible? Well, Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, it says this, that if you will confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and you'll believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, it says, you will be saved. You will be saved. And so I'm just giving you a, a background right here. And so the very first thing you must do is give your heart to Jesus. Who is that good for? Anyone. Any human being on this earth. Now a lot of times I hear people say, well, you know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to get my life all together and I'm going to quit doing this and I'm going to quit doing that and then I'm going to give my heart to Jesus. Oh, you got it all backwards. If that was the situation, if you could get rid of all the problems in your life on your own, then we wouldn't have need Jesus. But we couldn't do that. So guess what? We needed Jesus. Keep reading. Verse number 4. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now, when Nicodemus said this, he was referring to the physical birth. Jesus wasn't talking about a physical birth. Actually, when you look at this, to enter the kingdom of God, one must be born again. And it's not by experience a second biological birth, 
but the new birth. Now, what does that mean? Well, when you give your heart to Jesus, he comes into your heart. And he starts changing you from the inside out. I don't know how long you've been born again. Maybe recently, maybe years ago. But I've, I've walked with the Lord now for about 32 years of my life. And I remember the day I got born again that not one of my physical appearances changed. Not one thing about me on the outside. I wish it did. It'd be nice when you eat too much at Christmas. You say, I'm just going to get born again and you lose all that. Or if, you know, you start getting older and your hair quits growing in places you want it to do and it starts growing out your ears and your nose in places you don't want it to. And you say, you know what, I'm just going to get born again and change all that. Now, that's not what happens. Jesus comes into your heart. And so this is what Jesus is, is referring to. Now, he gives us great insight here in verse 5. Jesus answered Nicodemus and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, right there where it talks about born of water, the Hebrew word for this, guys, it means the natural birth. Actually, it refers to when a woman, before she gives birth to a child, her water breaks. That's what this is referring to. So if you'll look right here and think of it in that, 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 that concept right there, he must be born of water. The first thing, guys, every one of us is, we've got to be born here on earth. I guess every one of us in here, this has happened to us. But he doesn't stop there. If you'll look, he says, and, and of the Spirit. So when you study mankind, 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, man is spirit, soul, and body, Okay. So the, the process of being born again, man, I've got to be a, a, a person, a human being that's been born here naturally, but number two, to give my heart to Jesus. So why am I telling you all this? Well, the only prerequisite that I ever see in the Bible before you can get water baptized is you must be born again. You must be born again. Now, you can do that on your own. You can do that right here at the altars. All that is, once again, is, is confessing with your mouth that Jesus is the Son of God, that He is Lord, and then that you believe that God raised Him from the dead. Now, let's go a little bit further tonight. Turn over to Romans chapter 3, and I'm going to get to moving here. Romans chapter 3. So here's what I want you to understand. If you're born again, you've given your heart to Jesus, you are a candidate to be water baptized. Romans chapter 3 is where I'm headed. Now, I'm going to say this, and I don't want this to rock you, but water baptism does not save you. Okay? It does not save you. How do you get that, Pastor? Well, when you look at Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says that the way you are saved, it says that you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you shall be saved right there it had nothing to do with water baptism okay and so we're going to learn biblically what this means what takes place Romans chapter 3 verse number 21 but now the righteousness of God apart from the law which was the Old Testament is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets or attested verse 22 even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ 
to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. Now, what he's talking about is the genuine reliance of Christ rather than oneself for salvation. you got to trust in Jesus, guys. Our only hope is Jesus. The Bible's very clear. The only way to the Father is through the Son. Okay? So this is what verse 2 is really talking about. Or verse 22 here. And he says, faith in Jesus. Look real close there. He says, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus. What is faith in Jesus? And I just begin to believe the scriptures. And I believe what the Bible says about Jesus. Keep reading. Verse 23. For all of sin... And fallen short of the glory of God. Now you know what this means? There's not one of us among in here. Anywhere on the earth that is not sin. Every one of us in here have sinned. Some of us have sinned better than others. But every one of us have sinned. Now in a court of law, you know what that means? I'm guilty. In a court of law, that means you were guilty. And so the only way we could get out of being guilty in this area is Jesus. And Jesus is my only hope. Jesus is the one that sets me free. Jesus is the one who takes care of me. Keep reading this with me. Verse 24. Being justified, and that word justified there means declared righteous in God's God's sight. Being justified how? Freely, by His grace, through the redemption of That is in Christ Jesus. Now, you've got to get a hold of this, guys. If you'll notice there what he said, through redemption. You know what the word redemption means? We've been repurchased. We've been bought back. How did that happen? When Jesus died on the cross for me and you. He repurchased you. you. You know what he said? I'll pay the price because all of us have sinned. So how are we justified? Through faith, by grace. And when he talks about redemption, it's provided how? If you look at the last part of verse 24, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And you know what that's a result of? Salvation. When you get born again, you're a partaker of this. How do I receive this? Man, I just believe it. I accept it. It's, it's been freely given. Guys, I can't earn it, okay? None of us in this room could ever pay Jesus back for what he's done. None of us, okay? Now, let's go a little bit farther tonight. Go with me to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. Once again, we've all sinned, and the only cure for my sin problem is Jesus. It was Jesus. Matthew 3. Now, we're going to change gears just a little bit here to give you a little bit more biblical foundation. Matthew 3, verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. Now, this is talking about John the Baptist. Now, note right here, really pay attention to this. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. The reason I want to highlight this is Jesus himself desired to be water baptized. Now, if Jesus himself uh, desired to be water baptized, guys, this must be really significant. So I want you to see right here, Jesus himself, our Lord and Savior, 
was water baptized. Just like many of you are going to get water baptized tonight. Verse 14. And John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you, but yet you are coming to me. And so John right here is feeling very inferior. He's looking at Jesus and he's saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, we got this backwards. I shouldn't be baptizing you. You should be baptizing me. Keep ready. We're going to learn. Verse 15. But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all the righteousness. Then he allowed him. Now when he's talking about all the righteousness, when you go back and look, what was John the Baptist's message here on earth? John the Baptist said, You must confess your sins and repent. Actually, Jesus right here was endorsing what John said. And he said, you're exactly right. You must repent and confess your sins. And so then it said, then he allowed it. Let's go a little bit farther. Verse 16. And when he, Jesus, had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. Now, this verse right here makes it very evident and very clear that Jesus was water baptized. Do all of you see that? Yes, we see that. Okay? But I want you to note something. What, what happened with Jesus through the words here? You'll look and it said, When he was uh, baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. Jesus came up. Jesus came up. Now, i got to highlight this to you tonight. Because we're going to be very biblical around here. The Greek word for baptize is the word called baptizo. It's B-A-P-T-I-D-Z-O. Now that word baptizo in the Greek, you know what it means? It means to immerse. So in order for a person to be water baptized, you know what that means? You got to go under. All the way, okay? Now I know through different denominations and different religions, and I'm not here to debate religion tonight, I'm just trying to be biblical. I'm going to tell you if you're getting baptized tonight, I'm not going to sprinkle you. You're going under. And some of you, I'm going to hold you under for a while. No, I'm just kidding you. I'm just kidding you. But I want you to see, guys, I'm laying a biblical foundation, okay? So you begin to understand this right here. It means to be immersed totally. So for a person to be water baptized... Man, that's every stitch of your little body, okay? So where are you going with this, Pastor? Well, I want you to see. you got to be born again. Then this is what's going to happen, okay? You're not going to drown. We're not going to have to put floaties on you. It's going to be okay, I promise you, all right? If you're scared of the water, it's okay. All right, now I want you to go to another passage with me. Acts chapter 8. That showed Jesus himself that he was water baptized, that he was immersed. Now, I want to take you to a, a, a scripture of a human being here in Acts 8 that, that is not the Lord and Savior Jesus, but a believer like me and you. Acts chapter 8. Man, this is good right here. Verse number 26. Let me get there. Now, an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So Philip arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury, 
and had come to Jerusalem to worship. Now, this guy right here, this, this man, this eunuch here, he was a God-fearing man. But I want you to understand this, guys. He was a Gentile who worshipped the Jewish God. Now, I got friends that are Jews, guys. I'm going to tell you that. They are the real deal. And you know what? They come under covenant because of their Jewish heritage and stuff. But there's two people, two kinds of people in this earth. Jews and Gentiles. Guess what, guys? Even as this man, this Gentile, he feared God and he needed Jesus. Just like me and you. Okay? Keep reading. He was returning and sitting in his chariot and he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake his chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. And he said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I, how can I unless someone guides me or instructs me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read this was he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, talking about Jesus, and as a lamb before a shear is silent. So Jesus opened not his mouth, and his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation from his life taken from the earth? So the eunuch answered Peter, or Philip, and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, or himself, or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning at this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. So guess what Philip's doing? He's telling him, all this you're reading by the prophet Isaiah, it's talking about Jesus. Note that, guys. Philip preached Jesus, just like we do in this church. We're going to preach Jesus to you. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eutych said, see, here's some water. What hinders or keeps me from being baptized? Now, listen. Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. If you believe it with all your heart, you may what? You may be baptized. So he's telling him, first of all, you got to give your heart to Jesus. Keep reading. And the eunuch answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's how you get born again right there. He said, I believe, and he confessed it with his mouth. So right there, you see biblically, guys, this eunuch gets born again. So the eunuch commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water, now get that, they went down into the water, and then once he baptized him, he came up out of the water. So you see once again what we're talking about biblically. You've got to be born again. But also, when you're water baptized, you're going under. You're going to be immersed. So what is the significance of water baptism for me and you? Well, the, the biggest thing I want you to understand, it symbolizes the death, the, the, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And you know what you're saying? My life now identifies with him. He's Lord and Savior of my life. Now, to give you a picture of this, Turn with me to the book of Romans 6. The very next, ver uh, very next book, Romans chapter 6. I, I believe this, guys, right here. This, this passage of scripture will give you a picture of, of what's going to take place tonight, guys. That really, when you look at this, you'll see that when you go down into the water, 
It's as if you died and this is your, your burial. And once you go all the way under and you come back up, it, it, it really is, is symbolic of the new man. That you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Where is that? That's, that's 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. Behold, old things have been passed away. All things have been made new. Now, I want to give you a picture here where you see this. Romans chapter 6. Verse so, let's, let's start in verse 1. Romans 6 verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, we were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. And so guys, all this is by faith. You begin to get a hold of the word of God, the scriptures of God, and understand tonight, because you've made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, when you go down, it's as if you come back up and you're a new man. Now, you know what I really believe the water baptism does to people? It seals us. It seals our heart. And it says, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm a brand new man. Now, I'm going to tell you, things like this are going to happen tonight, guys. I believe some of you are going to get set free from things. I believe some of you are going to come out, and you're going to sense the power of the Holy Spirit. There's things going to take place. Now, I want to go to one last scripture. Matthew 28. Matthew chapter 28. I want to give you great biblical uh, thoughts right here where you understand this is the B-I-B-L-E. This is what God's Word said. Okay? You're going to go down tonight in a good way. That old man's going to be buried and that new man's going to come up. Ooh, I'm created in his likeness and his image. The things of God begin to happen. Matthew 28. I'll let you start in verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Now you want to hear something about the word making disciples of all them, baptizing them? This means to acknowledge openly their allegiance to Christ by the seal of water baptism. Now guess what he's talking about here? To become a disciple of Christ, one, you're born again, but number two, you, you make a public allegiance. Jesus is Lord and Savior of my life. And he says, it's going to seal you. Now, how does it seal you? Keep reading here. He says, go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So guess what he's saying? When you get water baptized tonight, you're going to be ministered to 
under the same authority of the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Note right there, guys, what he said. This was Jesus' word. He said, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you right now, that's what's going to happen. And so each one of you guys, when you come up there, we may ask you to make an allegiance and say, Jesus is Lord of my life. And when you make that public declaration, guys, and we baptize you in water, it's going to seal you in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Now, this is important because Jesus himself said this in the scriptures. He said, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father. But if you acknowledge me before man, I'll acknowledge you before the Father. So something happens, guys, with every one of us when we make a public declaration of who Jesus is. Now, the Bible's very clear, guys. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. I mean, you ought to, you ought to strut around and let everybody know, I'm a child of God. Man, my heavenly Father is the creator of all. And be, be, be proud, man. I mean, you shouldn't say, well, I'm a Christian. I know you duck your head. No, you ought to tell people. I mean, when I have people say something to me like, you're very polite, you're very courteous. You know what I let them know? It's because of Jesus in me. You should have known me before I didn't know Jesus. You would have said, man, you're about as ugly and as rude as they get, which was the truth. But when Jesus comes, man, we ought to boast of Jesus. And I'm honored to say he's my Savior and my Lord. So I pray tonight, just this, and man, I know I went quick and had you turning. I want you to understand this. Now, bow your head with me. And let's get our hearts right. Remember what, what Jesus said about John the Baptist. He said, you know, it's good what you're ministering. People need to repent and confess their sin. You know what, guys? That's something you ought to do every day. I mean, really, you ought to do it numerous times through the day. I, I wish I could sit here and tell you how many times a day I repent. I confess my sin. Why? Because I'm still not perfect, guys. That's why I need Jesus. So, Father God, we come before.